I sent Steve Marshall a text and I told him I wasn't sure if I was going to go a full 30 minutes. And he said, if you finish, send everyone upstairs. So, <laughs> true, typical Steve Marshall style. He's always got something very intelligent and quick to say about them. And I say that in a positive way. About me, I'm an only child. Uh, I had, I have, still have, wonderful, God-loving, fearing parents. I bring that up because a little bit of an acknowledgement of my parents. They're wonderful people. But the importance to us as parents that we express our belief in God, we reinforce our love for our children. I've been a beneficiary of that. Uh, some would say, well, you're an only child, you're spoiled rotten. I was a pretty good child growing up. I've had my moments, but uh, I could have caused a lot more <laughs> issues than I did. <laughs> uh, my parents was, are the type of parents, kind of like the book that uh, I got from my Christmas, one of my Christmas parents from Christmas gifts from Karen yesterday that said uh, it's basically the life of Ron Howard, which for many of you, for most of you might not know, that's Opie Taylor and his brother that wrote the book about being raised in their family. And I was kind of surprised. I didn't know if I'd have an interest in that, but I have found an interest in it already. Uh, I guess Karen knows me well after this many years that Ron and his brother uh, were raised by two wonderful parents that had their own goals to travel across the United States and uh, be actors, but their two sons are the ones that became the actors, and they just took the sideline and supported them. Um, another example of my parents would be a book by Jay Leno, which again, most of you <laughs> may not know Jay Leno is a retired comedian, but he shared a story that has always stuck with me, that uh, his parents, uh, one morning he had a convertible, he could not get his convertible top to go up, and he had to go to school, of course, and while he was in the classroom, he looked out the window and saw a storm cloud coming, and he said, I, he said, I almost cried, he said, I I looked out the window, and to my amazement, here comes my mom and dad with the tarpaulin. And they put a tarpaulin over my, court, uh, my convertible before it rained. So that's the kind of parents uh, I've, I've been blessed with. I was raised in Kimberlin Creek Babs Church, a church with a slanted auditorium floor, if you can imagine. Kind of floor that if you drop your offering quarter, it rolls the length of the floor down and lands <laughs> at the foot of the minister. Uh, a church with a choir um, that if there might be a disruption in the pews during the worship, your parent would come down out of the choir and uh, adjust that disruption. <laughs> so, yes, on occasion, I did get in trouble. Um, 
and also a kind of choir that wore choir robes. And one particular incident, and it's, it's burned into my mind. I, I don't remember how old I was, but it is still funny, the thought of seeing Francis Barnes, bless, bless her heart, rest her soul, uh, a mouse decided to uh, reveal itself <laughs> during the sermon, and Francis got up and ran and screamed, and we found out later it was a mouse. But anyway, <laughs> I married uh, Karen Hawkins, uh, now West, of course. Uh, we didn't date in high school. We graduated together, but we didn't date in high school. Her mother, Nancy, attends here. Hubert, her father's passed on. Wonderful people. Um, have Bailey, which is not, who is not here today, nor Colton Eddie, and Jameson. Uh, Bailey's not feeling well. Uh, and Taylor is here, home from Brighton. She attends Muncie, so, or Ball State, not Muncie. I'm sorry. Goodness. Um, so there's a little bit of my background. And here are the two examples I will share at the beginning of the lesson this morning. Now, these are going to be strange to probably most of you. I think differently, and I like to think it's because I'm really intelligent, but I think I just think differently. Uh, <laughs> our trip to Cancun, and the, the trip to Cancun for Karen, Taylor, Bailey, and I was really a rarity. That's not something... The West just don't travel uh, out of the country on a normal basis. So that was a big deal. That was Bailey's graduation. So we made the trip, and we happened to be there during sea turtle uh, nesting, which is awesome, just flat-out awesome. Uh, out on the beach, uh, the sea turtles were coming in at night, burying their eggs, and then the next morning, because they are protect well, probably not that next morning, the very, very thing, very time that it happened, they put up nets around them in security. And uh, it was really neat that next morning because we were there when uh, those, some of those turtles hatched, and they actually let each of us hold a turtle, a little turtle about just no bigger than a silver dollar. And I thought how awesome that was, and I thought, as nice and neat looking as that little turtle is, did I really come from that? No, I don't think so. There's so many differences. Taylor was also another part of that vacation. Taylor was in a pool, and Bailey both, in a pool with dolphins. <laughs> and I know there are people that are opposed to having animals. I have this disclaimer. They're opposed to having animals sheltered and taken care of. They should be out in the wild, but... I firmly believe this dolphin was just recovering from some illness. But anyway, uh, it actually, that dolphin kissed Taylor on the cheek, which is pretty neat. But again, did I come from a dolphin? Did a turtle come from a dolphin and then I came from the dolphin? I, I don't think so. Um, and then uh, here this last few days, <laughs> Actually, years for, for many people that have worked on this, and I, th I think it's an admirable pursuit of something, the telescope that's been launched. Um, I believe the force and light is God. If we believe 
I'm so, let me back up. Um, I need to back up. I apologize. And I, the other example is my rock tumbler. I think I got my rock tumbler for Christmas one year. As I said, I was an only child. I tended to get a pretty nice gift, and I tended to wear it out because uh, I always, often wish my parents had bought me one and then bought another one and kept it secret so one day we could sell it and retire early. <laughs> but I, I wore my gifts out. The tumbler was no exception. I had one when I was probably eight. The only transition that I witnessed with that tumbler were the rocks which I tumbled wore away, and away and away. And my point, uh, there were changes to the rocks caused by other rocks or by the abrasive additives that I placed in the tumbler, but no unknown force or impact of any kind. I believe the force and light is God. If we believe that there is a God, then we should be confident that our communication to him is heard, that he hears our prayers, that he sees our sufferings, and that he genuinely cares for each of us. I think that's why one reason we're here this morning. The Webb Telescope, uh, one of the scientists that's been in charge of some of the testing and research and development for the last numerous years, uh, by the name of Patishaw, eldest child was a year old when he first started working on the telescope in 2004. Last week, she came home from her first semester in college. He's looking forward to... ...spending the final days of the year year with her on earth, while far away, Webb embarks on its search for distant light in space. And ironically, Genesis 1-3, and God said, let there be light. thought that was interesting, too, uh, that they're searching for that light. Psalm chapter 8, verses 6 through 8, you made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet. I think that's really indicative. And I think it's really important, too. Uh, you put under everything under their feet. It's ours to watch over. It's ours possibly to study. It's ours possibly to investigate. It's ours possibly to share and, and expound upon and develop better ways. But it's still God's creation. It's so important that we remember that. And uh, going along with Rob Fred Frederick's class, uh, for Samuel, uh, Hannah's prayer in that is wonderful. And there are a lot of examples in the Old and New Testament uh, reinforcing God's creation, reinforcing the abilities of God, reinforcing the, the importance of giving God the glory, um, and acknowledging your blessings. And I've shared with some of you there's one particular radio announcer, and I, I know some of you say, well, why do you keep listening to him if he aggravates you? But he makes me think sometimes. But he made a statement here probably a year or so ago. He said, don't, 
they had a, a clip, a recording of someone claiming they'd been blessed. And he had this sarcastic way about him. He said, don't get on there and say that you've been blessed, claiming that you're the only one that's been blessed by God. There are other people that are blessed. Well, yes, that's true. But if we can't express being blessed, then how do we express it? How do we acknowledge to other people, and not in an arrogant way, how do we acknowledge to God that we appreciate him? So I nixed that one. I still listen to him. Um, but First Samuel 2, then Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. She's boasting here, but she's boasting because of her power through what God has provided for her. She's not personally taking the credit. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Do not keep talking so proudly or let your mouth speak such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows, and by him deeds are weighed. Those who were full hire themselves out for food, but those who were hungry are hungry no more. She who was barren has borne seven children, but she who has had many sons pines away. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honor. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's. Now, this is really key for a Christian that believes in creation. On them he has set the world. Those who oppose the Lord will be broken. The Most High will thunder from heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. And our scripture reading this morning... 1 John 5, 14, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And notice, doesn't necessarily imply that he gives us everything that we ask for, but it does acknowledge the fact that he does hear us, and that's really important. Prayer is an essential component to our faith. It is not optional. The Bible tells each of us to pray. Pray for one another. What better setting than to pray for each other here at Northside Church? What better setting than to pray for fellow Christians in our community and around the world? Um, pray for one another. Pray without ceasing. Pray that you may not enter temptation not only for yourself, but your spouse or someone in your family. Not only do we need to pray, we must believe there is a God who listens to the prayers we are offering. Still looking for that light. <laughs> ask anything. God desires that we ask. He is a loving God and a generous giver. Of course, this does not mean that God will grant anything we ask, but that we can and should approach God with our needs. Nothing is too great or small. And if you think about it, really, nothing is too great or small for a being, if I 
I don't mean to sound, for, for our Creator, I'll put it that way. Nothing is too key. Our offering that prayer, that acknowledgement to our Creator and being because He has a great understanding of obviously many things. I would encourage each of us to consider the following and in what would seem to be a logical order, logical order to me, if you'll bear with me. Acknowledge how God has blessed us, how he takes care of us, opens our eyes to what he provides to us that each of us might be grateful. Billy Graham quoted, character, I'm sorry, when wealth is lost, nothing is lost. When health is lost, something is lost. When character is lost, all is lost. When he- um, if you would permit me to be, to me, our character is what defines us. It's what defines us to others, but in addition to that, of course, God knows our heart. And that's kind of scary sometimes. Despite what our intent is, he knows. James 1.17, every heavenly, I'm sorry, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change from shifting shadows. So number two, approach God with confidence. God loves each of us and desires a relationship with us, despite knowing our true character. And that's really key, despite knowing our true character, God cares for each one of us. Part of this confidence is obtained by the recognition of God as our foundation, our existence, and our creator, as well as creator of all of our surroundings. Number three, God needs to know we need him. Of what use would we be to God and creation if we didn't acknowledge to him um, the needs that we have? And... God has a great way to sort through those needs, um, being the creator that he is and the Lord that he is, that he can sort through those and acknowledge and know what we need and what we really need in our own minds. Um, And number four, set aside time for God. Do not rush things or expect immediate results. And I'm including myself in this. Uh, so often I rush through my prayers, expect immediate results, and I do not take the necessary time to be in tune to be looking for God's guidance or the answer that may be developing around me. And I think, I think the developing around me part goes again. I'm picking on Rob this morning. Not picking on you, but I love your class. Uh, I forget the wording that was used this morning in the scripture, but it's like, give me time to develop my understanding, to react, something to that effect. And I think as I've gotten older and as I've served as being an elder here, is it really takes some time to sit back and think, what is the right thing? What is, what is it we're doing? And the, the other elders, are, my fellow elders share the same feeling too, I believe, that sometimes you just can't react that quickly. You have to sit back and consider many things and hope that, uh, well, not only hope, but pray 
that those things will be made clear to you on what is the best way to approach something. Um, give him, give God the attention he deserves and respect him while he's helping you sort your own mind out, I guess, basically. The end of 1 John 5.14, he hears us. This is really important, as I said earlier. We know we have been created by a higher power. We also know that God hears us. Will God answer us, or will he give us the answer we, expect, we are expecting? God knows what is best, even though we may feel God is not answering our prayer. Being our creator, God knows infinitely more than we know. He knows what is best for each of us. This morning, I'd like to encourage you, we're moving into a new year, and as much as I would have liked to have had some profound uh, suggestion on how you start your new year, <laughs> I don't. Uh, we all have our own lives, we have our own things going on. I do know, though, it's important and critical for us to believe that there is a God. Why else are we here? Why do we pray? Why do we sing? Why do we worship? Why do we treat each other with respect and dignity if, there is, if there's no belief in a God and a hereafter to where we can spend time and eternity with him? <laughs>